Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The preseason is over and the roster is set. So now it's time for our beloved to kick off the regular season with a visit from the Buffalo Bills at Soldier Field on Sunday. Can the Bears get off on the right foot? And how big a part will the defense play? All of this and so much more on the regular season debut episode of the Chicago Bears Review. So all the pretend games are over with, they're in the books, the roster is set, and it is game week, finally, and as I'm recording this show, it's a little bit later than I would have liked, but as I'm recording the show, the NFL season has officially been kicked off as the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers are going at it in Seattle, currently Seattle's handing it to the Packers, Uh, it's actually late in the fourth quarter, so it's 10 o'clock at night already, and I'm finally getting to this, it's been a crazy day uh for me but uh here we are once again the preview episode the week one preview episode of the chicago bears review and as we get into the regular season for those of you who've been listening to the show you guys already know for new listeners welcome there will be two episodes a week from here until the end of the season whenever that should occur for our beloved chicago bears there'll be a preview episode usually on thursday and then the review episode would be on monday or tuesday depending on when i get around to it uh but uh breaking down the action in the game and what i saw the knee-jerk reactions and all that kind of stuff uh with the review episodes those are usually the more popular of the two shows that come out each week but we do them both because you have the kind of sane, more subdued Larry with the preview episode, and then you have the emotional one, regardless of the outcome. Either I'm really excited, or I'm really pissed, or I'm depressed, or whatever. That's probably the one that you want to listen to, because it's an emotional roller coaster. So anyway, lots to get to uh, in this one. We, we, uh, we name our 10-man uh, practice squad. We also had a couple of additional roster moves uh, after the 53-man roster was set. Uh, on Saturday there were a couple of moves after that then we signed our 10-man practice squad other little news and notes we'll have our injury report and then we will preview this week's ball game at home to kick off the season against the Buffalo Bills at noon on Sunday so let's uh you know do uh do away with the formalities and get down to it we'll get to our news and notes segment with what's been going down this week and what we can look forward to on sunday with the bears and the bills (laughs) 
So the Bears started off game week by announcing their new 10-man practice squad uh, for this year, and uh, it's up from uh, from eight players. That's usually been the amount. The NFL bumped it up to 10 for whatever reason, and uh, when they announced their 10-player uh, practice squad on Monday, uh, it broke down like this. Wide receiver Josh Bellamy, center Taylor Boggs, defensive tackle Brandon Dunn, uh, Isaiah Fry is on the practice squad, uh, guard Ryan Groy, linebacker D.D. Lattimore, cornerback uh, Al uh, Louis-John, cornerback Terrence Mitchell, defensive tackle Roy Philon, and wide receiver Rashad Ross. Now, Rashad Ross was a kick returner, I believe, with the Redskins during the preseason, so that may be somebody that we want to uh, look at uh, later on in the season if we have some trouble in the return game. Uh, I also, speaking of return game, I also uh, read on, uh, I think it was Twitter, uh, Brad Biggs, I believe is who it was, saying that uh, uh, for now it will uh, be Michael Spurlock that is doing our kick returning and Santonio Holmes who's going to be returning punts for us. So that, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure it, uh, practice had something to do with it, but uh, that uh, that decent punt return that, that Holmes made uh, last Thursday against the Browns uh, – left a hell of an impression because he got the job. Uh, he's going to be the guy uh, returning punts for us. Uh, and other roster moves uh, for the Bears, uh, we cut Brandon Hartson, who was the uh, long snapper for the entire uh, preseason. Uh, he was let go, and the Bears signed long snapper Jeremy Kane to replace him uh, as the long snapper. He was actually uh, on the team uh, for the Bears, I think, for about two games last year when uh when uh manley was hurt so he's back uh once again it says uh what i was just reading here this is his third stint with the team uh so but he's been in the league for quite some time was with the jacksonville jaguars and the tennessee titans has played in 83 uh career games so he's uh got some experience uh under his belt and then finally the move with um uh, Marquise Wilson was made on Tuesday. The Bears did go ahead and put him on the uh, short-term uh, injured reserve, or as they call it, injured reserve with designation to return is the official title. Uh, he'll be able to play, I think, he will be ready to, or he'll be eligible to play uh, week 10, which is the Packers on Sunday Night Football when we come off of the bye so we have the we play our first eight games schedule split right down the middle we play eight games bye week is week nine and then week 10 we kick off the second half of the schedule but we start that on sunday night football at green bay which will be the rematch because we play them week four uh in chicago so i think you would uh, if you know all else uh all things being equal, he'd have been able to play by week nine, but because of the way the schedule fell, he will be uh, be able to play week 10 against the Packers, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be healthy by then. I think uh, if they left him on the roster, I think he'd be ready to go by week six, something like that. So he gets a couple extra weeks to get his conditioning up, get his strength up to get ready to play, and make that push in the second half. That's going to be important because uh, – this, uh, this first half of the schedule is going to be a bitch, that's for sure, because uh, we've only got three home games. We've got five games on the road. We have the entire AFC East uh, to play. We're on the road at Atlanta. We're at Carolina. We're at 
uh, New England. It's it's going to be a tough schedule, and obviously a week from now we'll be talking about a trip that we're making to San Francisco. So some tough road games coming up in this first half of the schedule, but in the second half we have five home games uh, in the last, and I think it's like five out of the last seven games is we're at home, and I four of them are against division opponents. So, uh, or excuse me, four. Four of the the last eight games, excuse me, five of the last eight games are against division opponents, and the the games that we're not playing against division opponents are home games. Basically, we have uh, New Orleans and Dallas, uh, those back-to-back home games in December in the cold uh, and so on uh, that way. So uh, getting Marquise Wilson back around that time will be – will be key and hopefully he can live up to what we've all been waiting to see him do uh, this year what they were all training together down in Florida uh, in the offseason and getting the work in and and things and hopefully that will all pay off and we'll be all very impressed and very happy that Marquise Wilson is back uh, come January so uh, the corresponding roster move there was not bringing Josh Bellamy up from the practice squad but instead re-signing Kelvin Hayden uh, onto the 53-man roster, so maybe this was part of um, uh, you know Phil Emery's evil plan all along. Maybe that's something that they told um, that they told uh, Hayden that uh, this is what we plan on doing. We're going to release you for now because we have to save a roster spot for Marquise Wilson. But once we put him on the IR, we're going to bring you back uh, and so on. Because you remember, I expressed my concerns um, on the final review or preview episode uh, there on the picks that stick show that uh uh not having kelvin hayden on the roster leaves us kind of bare you know we we have uh uh, peanut and we have uh, tim jennings those are going to be our starters kyle fuller is going to be the nickel coming off the bench but then you have demontre hurst uh uh coming off of the uh you know he's going to be a special teams guy uh, you know, the, and the other uh, you know guy that we have on there as well is like we're, we're we've got a deep hole as far as veteran depth is concerned. So you know, cu- cutting Kelvin Hayden was an odd choice. Well, we've been able to go, uh, you know, been able to take it back, and Kelvin Hayden is on the roster, giving us some veteran depth uh, on the team. So he's back uh, for for the foreseeable uh, future. We'll see what roster moves the Bears make in the future when Wilson is ready to come back. So uh, any other things that we have? Uh, just a couple of little things here. Um, there's been some news. I'm not really sure what the big deal is, to be honest with you, but um, th- a lot has been made of Lance Briggs opening his restaurant. Uh, he opened in El Grove, California. Now, Elk Grove, there is a suburb of Chicago in, you know, in the air in, in Illinois called Elk Grove. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's the the city that my dad works in, of all places. But um, it's Elk Grove Village is what it's called. But he opened a, a restaurant in his hometown of in Elk Grove, California, um, and he was actually there to basically cut the ribbon uh, on the joint and, and open it up and everything and. Uh, uh, the, the press was kind of up in arms about him, you know, going out to California to do that instead of getting ready for the first game uh, of the season. So technically he only missed one day of practice. He missed Monday and then Tuesday is their off day as, you know, as they get prepared each week. So he missed Monday. He was off on Tuesday, but he's been in practice uh, 
you know, Wednesday and Thursday uh, and so on and so forth. So I didn't really see what the big deal was. Um, but I guess it's the perception of the whole situation that uh, he wasn't focused on football and blah, 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 blah. So my two cents is I don't see what the problem is. It's not like he was there on Saturday the night before the game uh, or anything. It was Monday, Monday, a day when they're probably not doing much of anything except maybe some film review or some weightlifting and, and everything, and then he was gone during the off day when he wouldn't have been there anyway, but he's been back in full go for practice Wednesday and Thursday. So, like I said, I don't see what the problem is. So, but he's... Uh, there's like I said, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about it, some people against it, some outraged for whatever reason. And uh but it is what it is and here we are. He's back and in practice, so it's kind of a no harm, no foul situation as far as I'm concerned. So I just thought I'd throw my uh my two cents in uh on that. So and uh finally before we get to our preview segment, um we have the um, injury report. Pretty short list uh, for the Bears. Uh, there's only four names on our injury report, and three of them were in practice on Thursday. Uh, Chris Conti is was limited on Wednesday, was full go on Thursday. He's cleared to play on Sunday against Buffalo, and I know that all of Chicago is rejoicing at hearing that news. Uh, the other news that uh, we've been... Uh, treated to this week is that he's probably going to start on Sunday however there will probably be heavy rotation at the safety position if for no other reason than the fact that Conti missed basically the entire preseason because he didn't play for very long until he knocked himself cold against the Seattle Seahawks and then obviously did not play in the preseason finale against Cleveland so uh, for his conditioning they're probably going to rotate him in and out of the game uh, quite a bit, but it looks like Conti's going to start probably opposite Ryan Mundy uh, on Sunday. Uh, David Fails, our third-string quarterback, our rookie sixth-round draft choice, uh, is out with a shoulder injury. Not that we would – if David Fails is playing against the Bills, there's some problem, something horribly wrong probably took place uh, in the football game, so not really uh, a big deal that he's not uh, playing on Sunday. Uh, Tony Fiametta was having some hamstring issues. He's been limited in practice so far. But the Bears believe he'll be ready to go on Sunday. And uh, Brian De La Puente, our backup center, and you know one of our reserve guards, uh, feeling the um, you know on the report for the knee injury he suffered against Jacksonville in the second uh, preseason game was limited on Wednesday, full go on Thursday, so he'll be ready to go uh, on Sunday if we need him uh, against Buffalo. On the Buffalo side of things, the only uh, only a couple of names stack up. Uh, well, there's three names, really. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, the cornerback. He's a former first-round uh, draft choice for the, uh, for the Bills. Their starting cornerback has been uh, dealing with the groin issue. He was limited on Thursday, full go, or excuse me, limited on Wednesday, full go on Thursday. Brandon Spikes, the uh, linebacker, uh, did not practice on Wednesday, was uh, limited on Thursday. And then, of course, Sammy Watkins, their uh, number one pick this year, was uh, dealing with a rib injury. He left the fourth game of the preseason with, the, with that rib injury. 
has been full go all week long, so looks like there's no no ill effects from the rib injury, and he'll be ready to make his pro debut on Sunday against our beloved Chicago Bears. So that should be uh, an interesting test for our corners with uh, Peanut and uh, and Tim Jennings out there, and uh, looking forward to seeing what that kid can do against us or what we won't allow him to do. More importantly, so. That is going to do it for our little news and notes segment. We say we go ahead and dive right in to the preview of the Bears and the Bills this Sunday. So the Buffalo Bills come to Soldier Field on Sunday to kick off the 2014 regular season against our beloved Chicago Bears. And it's, uh, I'm looking forward to this game a lot because it's going to be the culmination, you know, of the finally getting to see this team play for real because I really, in a lot of ways, don't really feel like we've seen what this team is capable of, especially on the defensive side because it's, it's, for the most part, been disappointing. We've seen flashes of things that we want to see uh, from the defense, uh, putting pressure on, forced a couple of turnovers in that first game against Philadelphia, you know, things like that. But for the most part, uh, you know, getting shredded to pieces by the Seattle Seahawks was kind of disheartening as far as, uh, you know, really putting a stunt in our in our growth as a defense and uh, uh, kind of putting a stunt in the belief that uh, we were on the right track uh, with said defense. But, um, you know, again, you have to remind yourself it's only preseason, so it's a little premature to begin freaking out. So uh, uh, I, I am hoping that, um, you know, the defense that is on the field Sunday and for the rest of the Sundays uh, going forward is uh, at the very least a moderate defense. Because honestly, if our offense is what it's, what we can, what we think it will be, what its what its potential is uh, for this season. We don't need we don't need the Seattle Seahawks defense. We don't need the 2000 Ravens or the 85 Bears to uh, be the defense on the other side of the football to help us win games. You know, we just need the defense to get themselves off the field every now and then. Uh, you know, and I don't mean. Uh, uh, you know, maybe even holding some teams under 20 points a few times this year. That would be good. Didn't happen once in all of 2013. Uh, 20 points was the lowest amount of points that we allowed in the regular season last year, and I think that was week three against the um, Steelers or something like that. It was not good as far as that goes. Uh, um, quite uh, scary, actually, after the defense we had in 2012. But, um, you know, it it doesn't need to be outstanding for us to be able to win games, not with the offense that we're all expecting for the Bears to put on the field uh, this year. So just some things that I wanted to go over real quick. Found this uh, online. It's uh, key facts for the Bears and the Bills on Sunday. And uh, broke it down into some different things here. Uh, on the ground in 2013, Matt Forte averaged 4.6 yards a carry. Does That seems kind of high, doesn't it? I mean, I love Matt Forte, and he ran for over 1,300 yards last year, and he was awesome, but 4.6 yards a carry, does that sound right to you? It's, it seems a little high because I'd – 
when when I think of Matt Forte running the ball last year, as far as every down running the football, I don't see him getting five yards every time he touched the ball. I just don't see that, but maybe that's just me. But he averaged 4.6 yards a carry. He scored nine touchdowns and posted at least 100 yards from scrimmage in 12 of 16 games last year. And the Buffalo Bills' run defense was ranked 28th last year. So that could uh, curry our favor on Sunday. Uh, C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson uh, for the Bills combined for over 1,800 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns, good for second in the NFL last season. And our Bears defense allowed 160 yards a game on the ground, which we all know was dead last in the league. Through the air in 2013, Buffalo Bill quarterbacks were sacked 48 times last season, and their offensive line has two new starters, uh, one of which is our former first-round pick, Chris Williams, uh, at the left guard position, although he may not play uh, on Sunday. I didn't see him on the injury list, but I've heard he's been having back issues, which is no surprise to any Bear fan who's been following Chris Williams' career. Uh, For the Bears, Chicago quarterbacks were only sacked 30 times last year. The offensive line has the same starting five, which is awesome news. Speaking of the starting five, Jordan Mills was not on the injury report, has been practicing full participation all week long, and aside from maybe a little rust from not having played since week 16 of last year, he is good to go uh, on Sunday against the Bills. Uh, Through the air, uh, Mario Williams led the defense uh, for the Bills uh, in sacks last year. They were second in the NFL with 57 sacks. These These guys know how to get after the passer. Now, things might be a little different considering they've got a new guy calling their defensive plays this year because their coordinator from a year ago, Mike Pettin, is now the head coach in Cleveland. Jim Schwartz, the guy who was thrown out on his ass in Detroit, is now their new defensive coordinator. So uh, I don't see them getting more aggressive uh, in the past game just because Jim Schwartz is uh, calling the plays. But they're bringing all the same guys back, so it could contribute uh, to that. So uh, the past uh, passing um pass protection is going to be important but then again that's actually been one of our strengths as far as the offensive line is concerned it's the run blocking where we need to uh improve which is why i was kind of suspect with that 4.6 yards of carry for for matt forte but um you know that's going to be a key matchup our offensive line against their front four in, in the passing game um because as statistics will tell you the bills are one of the worst teams against the run last year and uh, so we should be able to you know do a little something there uh, on the ground the Bears defensive front was gutted by injuries as we all know only managed 31 sacks a year ago which was dead last in the league we we had fun coming in last last year that was awesome Uh, Bills quarterback EJ Manuel averaged in the 70s in the quarterback rating while Jay Cutler finished with the highest rating of his career in Chicago at 89.2 Uh, On the injury side, Kiko Alonso, the leading tackler from a year ago, is no longer was out because he tore an ACL uh, in OTAs. Uh, Jarius Bird, who was their leading interceptor, is now intercepting passes for the New Orleans Saints. We'll see him week 15 uh, this year. Uh, Sammy Watkins, as we said, is nursing a rib injury, and Chris Williams is having back problems. That's where I read that. Uh, Chris Conti uh, has a concussion. 
right uh, tackle Jordan Mills was a foot injury, but both are expected to start. Here's an interesting stat. The average height of the Bills' secondary is six feet tall. The average height of the Bears' receivers, six foot three. So we got uh, we got the edge and the tail of the tape on that one. And Buffalo allowed an average of 93.8 yards per game against receivers who are six foot two or taller. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is six four. Brandon Marshall is six three. Oh yeah, and Martellus Bennett is six six. So I think we're good there. And then here are some stats that just make me happy. The Buffalo Bills have never won a game at Soldier Field. They are zero and five. Jay Cutler is four and one on opening day with uh, in uh, bear uniform. Head coach Mark Tressman is 4-0 against AFC teams because we swept the AFC North last year. And Doug Maroney, in his second season in Buffalo, was 1-3 against the NFC last year. So those are these little quirky news and notes that I found online earlier uh, today. Now, as far as previewing the game itself, I kind of alluded to it a moment ago. Um, the important thing for us the, the Bills are not an explosive offense. They're trying to be. They have C.J. Spiller. They have Fred Jackson running the football. They're very good uh, running backs. They drafted Sammy Watkins. They traded for Mike Williams uh, from the Buff, uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Uh, the problem is they still have E.J. Manuel as the quarterback, and for the most part he had a horrible uh, preseason. I was just reading um, – that they did not score a touchdown on offense um, until their 19th possession of the preseason, and that was deep in the third quarter in the fourth preseason game when the starters had been benched and stuff on defense uh, for their opponent, which I believe was the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, this was an offense that did not have a good preseason so they're kind of coming into it with a with a bad taste in their mouths um ej manuel has not looked didn't has at least in this preseason has not looked like he's progressed uh from year one to year two so we'll see if that holds over as the season gets uh underway here uh, he's not prone uh, to interceptions however um he does not like to push the ball down the field so uh that could you know, I'm, I'm, and, and, and actually, that's something that might work in their favor based on what we've seen from our defense in the preseason where the middle of the field has been wide open uh, pretty much the entire preseason. So any time that uh, they wanted to find, uh, you know, an, uh, five yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards here or there, basically they just had to get somebody into the middle of the field because for one reason or another, there's never been anybody there. So our linebackers and our safeties, have uh, got some work to do as far as being in the right place at the right time because just about anybody who needs a, a decent uh, chunk of yardage has been able to find it through the passing game uh, in the uh, in the middle uh, of the field. So with the way that our defense has been playing, pushing the ball down the field really hasn't been necessary. They could do the, the dink and dunk, nickel and dime thing uh, to move the chains uh, for them and obviously our, our track record against the run is not great so Spiller and Jackson could have big games there so you know point number one for me was running the ball and stopping the run is going to be important uh, in this football game uh, for the Bears more so stopping the run than anything else 
because uh, if if you believe the statistics, which is all we have to rely on, basically uh, at this point, is um, you know Buffalo was in the bottom tier uh, of the league, same as us uh, last year. So running the ball shouldn't be that big of a deal for the Bears. So uh, you know Matt Forte should have a pretty decent day uh, running the ball if you believe what you saw there. Um, you know. As far as a defense is concerned, you know, like I said, stopping the run for us is going to be very, very important uh, in the passing game. You know, protecting the middle of the field, like I've been saying, very, very important. But as far as the pass rush is concerned, obviously we want to see our guys get to the quarterback. But I think it's more important that we get at the quarterback, that we have pressure, that we're causing the chaos. Because you saw what it did to Nick Foles in that very first preseason game, we were all over the place causing Foles to force throws, make mistakes. He threw two interceptions in extremely limited duty in that first uh, preseason game. We we even sacked him a couple of times. We got after him. I mean, and even in the third preseason game, the few highlights that we did have, um, you know, we sacked Russell Wilson a couple of times on one drive. Uh, in in that third preseason game so this is what we're capable of getting after the pass so we don't necessarily always have to get there but putting pressure on him breeds mistakes as we've seen you know with Nick Foles thankfully uh, for the Seahawks Russell Wilson is smarter than that he held on to the ball and just took the sack as opposed to trying to force the ball uh, down the field but EJ Manuel while he doesn't really turn the ball over that much hasn't really faced that kind of pressure before if they get after him um you know it can breed a mistake give the ball back to the offense give ourselves a chance to put some more points uh on the uh on the board because i don't think this game is going to be a shootout by any stretch of the imagination i think that our our offense is going to be plenty good to put the points on the board necessary to beat uh the buffalo bills but the the that's that's the thing this actually even though it's the first game of the season this could be viewed as a trap game because we've got a much tougher game ahead on the road next sunday against the the san francisco 49ers now who have been equally unimpressive uh in the preseason especially on offense but you know we don't want to get caught looking forward to proving ourselves uh, in the NFC and who we want to be and kind of stake our claim uh, on the conference without uh, we got to beat the bills first you know what I mean it, it that's what's got to happen before we start thinking about what we're going to do against the 49ers and how we're going to cement our name as a as a serious viable contender uh, in the NFC this year so we don't want to get caught with our pants down uh, against the the Buffalo Bills, you want to go out there and take care of business, and not get, you know get caught out there and get trapped by a, a young team that's looking to make a mark uh, in the league this year. So I don't know what expectations are like in Buffalo, but as far as experts and uh, people who pay attention to the game are concerned, this is still a young team that uh, still has a ways to go before it has uh, you know before it's going to make any kind of waves in the. Uh, in the AFC East, let alone the AFC itself. So, uh, you know, they have the benefit of being in the AFC because it's the weaker of the two conferences by a mile. 
the 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 depth of competition in in the NFC is leaps and bounds ahead that of the AFC. You guys heard me talk about that uh, in the uh, in the last episode, talking about how you know the AFC is always sending the same three or four teams to the Super Bowl, whereas the you know the NFC it's uh, you know the musical chairs as far as who's going to the Super Bowl to represent the NFC conference. So, um, you know, the Bills are a team that are working on being, you know, one of the up-and-comers, and, and uh, you know, they have a young quarterback. They've got their stud receiver that they drafted in the first round. C.J. Spiller is still only, like, in his fourth or fifth year, so a lot of youth uh, on the team. But, um, you know, I don't think they quite have the pieces put together just yet to make a serious run at that thing but it doesn't mean that they're not going to come out trying to prove a point against the bears on sunday so that's uh, something that we have to look out for um, on sunday is that uh, we don't get caught looking ahead to that big matchup we have next week uh, against the 49ers we got to take take care of business this week uh, against the bills uh, on sunday so how do i see it all going down well We've talked about the things that we want to do. The one thing we haven't talked about yet is special teams, aside from saying that, uh, you know, the Bears announced that Michael Spurlock will be our kick returner and uh, Santonio Holmes will be our punt returner. We have a new long snapper going into the, the game. We have a rookie punter, but and we still have our ice water in his veins kicker, Robbie Gold, who actually missed a couple of kicks in the preseason. So, uh, special teams is kind of a huge concern uh, going into this first game of the uh, of the season, and, and we're going to need to see something good out of them. Maybe a, a surprise, like where did that come from? Punt return from Santonio Holmes would be really, really nice. But um, uh, you know, special teams is going to have to perform better than it has performed uh, in the preseason and uh, really help the Bears establish that field position uh, against the Bills because that's going to be important uh, in this game. Against an offense that doesn't score a lot of points uh, in the Bills, making making the trip as long and as far as, as, as possible is going to be key. So Pat O'Donnell is going to be a key player uh, in this one. Kick coverage is going to be important. Uh, as well because it doesn't matter if he made a 70-yard punt if you give him a 35-yard return so uh, you know the kick coverage the punt game is going to be important on Sunday if and when we have to use the punt uh, situation uh, on Sunday so uh, in the end I I do think this will be a fairly easy victory uh, for the Bears I'm somewhere in the in the I'm thinking somewhere in the 28 to 13 area is kind of what I'm feeling uh, on Sunday and um, you know maybe we'll push it out there and and I hope that that 13 is is 13 is more of the wish than the 28 is because we know that our offense is plenty capable of putting 28 points on the board it's can our defense limit the opponent to 13 points on Sunday that would be fantastic so I do definitely see the Bears coming away with a victory here uh, and then we can look forward to that game next Sunday against the 49ers which is going to be a big test for the Bears it's it's going to be a big big deal we're, we're traveling uh, even though it's not Candlestick Park anymore the Bears haven't won in San Francisco since Reagan was president back in the late 80s uh, back when the coach was still the coach and uh, you know the Bears still had the best defense in the NFL every single year so um, you know it'll be a big test but before we do that 
We have to beat Buffalo on Sunday, which I wholeheartedly believe we will do, and it should be a relatively stress-free football game at least in the end. Third quarter, fourth quarter, we should be easing easing into a victory against the Buffalo Bills. So that's how I see it all going down. Um, that is going to do it for the first preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on, let's say, Monday. Let's go from Monday and get that first one cranked out, the first uh, review episode of the season. Hopefully we'll be reviewing a victory. It'll be a victory Monday once again uh, next week. But until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.